You're listening to a download from the outdoorstation.co.uk. Number five, five, seven. Hello and welcome back to the Outdoor Station for another video and podcast interview. As we head into the new year, it is no doubt time that we are all thinking about our New Year's resolutions. Usually, it does involve some format of getting out and about more. In recent weeks, you'll know that I've spoken to hikers, pack rafters, even cold water immersion. It's for something a little bit different. Well, you might be considering perhaps using your bike this year and getting out and travelling further, possibly a little bit faster, overland uh, on two wheels. You may be aware, of course, of cycle touring, but have you heard about bike packing? There's a new social group that has been organised and put together over the last year or so called Bike Packing Buds. And their aim is to gather like-minded people together on a social basis to organise shared adventures, micro-adventures or slightly longer ones. One of the instigators, Itzy, joins me for a conversation and we first start talking about the difference between cycle touring and bike packing. Well, let's see. Hi, thank you very much for, for joining us on this uh, this podcast and lovely to meet you and hear all about the bike packing buds. Well, thank you for inviting me, Rob. That's all right. You're welcome. So I think to start the ball rolling for people who are interested in uh, cycle touring or bike packing, there's obviously a subtle difference that I'm unaware of. So what is the difference before we start between bike packing and cycle touring? Hmm. It's a really hard question. Um, I think originally bike packing was more different from cycle touring than it is right now. I think right now it's a bit blurry what the difference is. And you could consider cycle touring bikepacking or bikepacking cycle touring. Um, originally, bikepacking was more off-road, uh, wild camping kind of thing. And cycle touring is more traveling with your bike. So bikepacking comes from backpacking. So it was kind of the analogous from that. But right now, for example, when we say backpacking, we use it for cycle touring as well. As long okay. as it's a multi-day trip and you're carrying all your stuff with you, we use the word uh, bikepacking. So uh, from the pictures you've sent me and obviously from my experience, the, the obvious thing to, for me anyway, between a bikepacker and a cycle tour is the equipment that you use. Uh, the equipment seems to be much more molded to the bike frame where cycle touring seems to be traditionally pannier based and um, and like you've just explained the ones that i've seen don't tend to have off-road tires they tend to be road tires so um, i would assume that's just really just down to a, a basic description as long as you're out and about on the bike that's the main thing yeah exactly yeah with the bikepacking bags usually like you said cycle touring people tend to use panniers um with pannier bags, you have way more space, which is good if you're doing a very long trip. It's also, they're more bulky, and if you're doing off-road, if you're doing single tracks, they're not as great. And you're also, if you can carry more things, it means more weight, which is something that 
you want to avoid. So I think that in gear, that's the main difference. The Like you said, the backpacking bags are usually more aerodynamic and they don't get on the way that much, but you cannot pack as many things. So if you're doing a six month trip with backpacking bags, it's kind of tricky. Right, right. And I, I presume really because you're sort of doing fairly off-road or rough routes, there is the element of carrying the bike. And obviously carrying a bike with panniers is much yeah. more difficult than, than some of the more streamlined bags. Well, that's a sort of a rough introduction, I think, to, to people that might be curious like me to know if there was a defined difference between cycle touring and bikepacking. How did you actually transition into this? Is this something you started doing recently or have you always been out and about on the bike and, and camping and so on? Uh, camping, yes. Out on the bike, not that much. I started, I was a commuter, I would just cycle to work and to uni uh, when I lived back in Germany. And then my partner at the time did love cycling, so we did a couple of bikepacking trips. And I didn't like it that much. I had kind of like a love-hate relationship with my bike. Um, the bike I had, I found it in a bush. And since no one claimed it to the police, I kept it. So that's how good the bike was. <laughs> it was a women bike, whatever that means, with no gears. If you wanted to brake, you had to pedal backwards. It was incredibly heavy. Um, so it was, you're just very slow with those bikes. And if you're with people with really good bikes, it's a bit demotivating. <laughs> but it so, builds up your thighs. Yeah. It builds up your thighs. Definitely. Yeah. Once yeah. you change to another bike, you're like, well, I'm actually fast. But I thought I was really bad at cycling because of that. So, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the whole European um, bike thing where you, you pedal backwards to brake, it comes as a bit of a shock when, when British people tend to go over to, uh, to Holland and, and places and, and rent bikes and suddenly realize the brakes are slightly different format, which is always a bit of a shock the first few times. When you skid across the pavement, yeah, not that I, I I'm had speaking no idea from, why there were no brakes. <laughs> <laughs> not that I'm speaking from experience. Um, anyway, your 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 first trip. Let's just have a quick look at that. Um, you've got to send me a few pictures here. Um, tell me how you and when this this first trip was. That was in 2016, um, and it was my sister was visiting. I lived in Germany back then, that's Saxony. And it was me, my sister, my partner at the time, and a friend of ours. We did not have the <laughs> really sophisticated gear, as you can see. Um, the two men had road bikes, really good road bikes. And then my sister and I had not really good city bikes, but since they had road bikes, they didn't have a rack, so we had to carry everything. So it was horrible, it was horrible because the bikes were really heavy. The bags were extremely heavy and we were carrying everything for four people. But it was so much fun because it was, it was just ridiculous. So we laughed the entire time and we had an amazing time uh, with burning thighs, but an amazing time, which is kind of at the end, um, what bikepacking is for me and for bikepacking butts is, doesn't matter what gear you have, it doesn't matter. Um, as long as you're having fun and you're with the right people and you're enjoying the outdoors, that's what matters 100%. So. Oh, absolutely, yeah. This, I mean, and that's what we're all about, really, the podcast and the videos, to encourage people to just enjoy it, no matter what, what equipment you have with you. Obviously, mm -hmm. if things make it easier, then it's always nicer, but that doesn't tend to stop the enjoyment. In fact, sometimes when it's really tough, it's, that's, that's 
what do they call it? Type two fun. When you get back and you go, actually, yeah. that was quite that was quite good. So, so what led you then? 2016. Uh, that was your first trip, and obviously, you learned a lot of things in the process. Um, how has it developed from you to to more elaborate equipment and so on? Um, I think I got my first set of panniers like the next year or something from also for commuting because it was convenient uh, carrying the backpack issues if you have a lot of books and a laptop and everything it's kind of heavy and then I moved to Valencia in 2020 and I did a couple of bikepacking trips and I was like oh, this is kind of nice and when I moved to the UK I did the same but I did them alone because I had some confidence problems on the bikes I always thought that I was going to be the slowest one so I just cycled alone and it was in November 2021 that I joined uh, a Ride from New Forest Off-Road Club. I don't know if you know them. It's a women non-binary-led uh, cycling club in the New Forest in the south coast of England. And they organized group rides. And I went and I met amazing people. And I don't know why. It clicked and I started being okay with cycling with people. And that's how I met uh, Potty, one of the co-founders of Bikepacking Butts. And then through the project, I've been meeting more and more people who want to go bikepacking. And that kind of snowballs into every weekend having a plan. <laughs> so it's moved from just hiking pretty much every weekend and then making one bike trip a month or every other month to every weekend having bikepacking plans, which are amazing. So not complaining. <laughs> And what have, what have you discovered then? Obviously, you've lived in different countries in Europe as well as in the UK, and you're back home in Spain now. Is there a, a different approach to bikepacking in, in each of these European countries, or is there very much a, it's, it's fairly new and everybody's slowly starting to get into it? Because obviously, I would think mainland Europe is probably more cycle-friendly or at least cycle-aware than, than perhaps the UK. But is there a similar attitude towards bikepacking generally? I think... With bikepacking, it's kind of uh, starting as well. I have the feeling that cyclotouring is more, uh, not more common, but there's that crazy person that does cyclotouring. But bikepacking as a leisure, well, I'm going to do that only for the weekend, just a one-night uh, trip. It's becoming a thing really slowly, and I think it's because of social media. And because of that, it's pretty much everywhere. But it's... Uh, a process. <laughs> Most of the people I know that cycle have never bikepacked or they're starting to get into it. So, right, yeah. Right. So, I would you say then? The same everywhere. Would you say then that the bike packing tends to attract people that are sort of the lightweight campers, bivy campers, people that keep things simple rather than sort of a lamp, elaborate camping setups? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's fair, have a look. I mean, sorry. Go on. Oh no, sleeping in a BB bag for six months. I, I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> but that's my personal taste. <laughs> well, you obviously like your luxuries. You like your luxuries. Now, talking about luxuries and, and so on, let's have a look at some of the, the equipment. Um, I'm going to flip through some of these pictures here. And perhaps uh, you can tell people mm -hmm. what, uh, how this differs from normal sort of cycle touring type equipment that they might be aware of. Yeah, the one the one before uh, where I'm carrying a backpack, that was also one of my first trips. And as you see, I didn't have any kit, so I just carried absolutely everything on the backpack. So that was extremely heavy and uncomfortable. 
uh, since then, slowly I've been learning. That one, these pictures are from like my first trips in the UK and I don't have really fancy kit, as you can see. <laughs> I just drop things to the handlebar. Uh, that's actually a supermarket bag that when I did this trip, I did Brighton, Wales, alone on the bike. I sent a picture to my mom when she was like, this supermarket closed five years ago. How do you still have this plastic bag? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> so I would just put everything in the plastic bag and just strap it with these straps that you can buy to strap your bike to the car. So not very fancy. And then through bikepacking butts, um, I've met people that have lent me kit. So now when I did, for example, the England Prague trip alone, I borrowed better kit. <laughs> but yeah, but still, I mean, it works anyhow. And yeah, those are the first panniers I had. And yeah, that's my kit if no one lends me anything. <laughs> Well, that's that's fairly minimal looking at it. The I presume when I've been down to, I mean, my local mm -hmm. cycle shops are uh, either very specialised, uh, expensive shops, and they very few of them will have panniers in, or you've got the Halfords, the sort of the general cycle cycle shop that's around the UK, and they don't generally have um, bike packing equipment. They have cycle touring equipment. So do you get this stuff custom made or do you buy it in, in specialist shops somewhere? The thing is that it's become really hype. So they take a bit of advantage of that. Um, Bikepacking bags are so expensive. So, so expensive. Um, there are a couple based in the UK that are a bit more affordable. Uh, like Alpkit or Ristrap, which are the ones that I have. And cycle touring panniers are definitely cheaper. That's why I had panniers at the beginning as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's not that hard to find them anymore, but you have to know where to look for them. Okay, and, and uh, most people when they join you, are they sort of concerned about their bike being... Well, there's so many different levels now, isn't there? The urban MTB bikes, uh, mountain bikes, uh, road bikes, street bikes, stunt bikes. Mm. Um, is there any particular requirement to have a particular type of bike to, to go bikepacking? Or is it literally anything that will go off-road, really? Um, like I said, like I use and we all use the word bikepacking for everything. So you could do it on a road bike if you can put bags on your on your bike, we would still call we would still call it um, bike packing, but yeah, generally I have a gravel bike and I use it for everything for off road and on road. And a gravel bike, so <laughs> okay. So is what's the definition of a gravel bike? Of um, it's something. It's kind of like a road bike, camouflaged as a <laughs> off road bike. Um, it's, it's very light in comparison to a mountain bike, but it's heavier than a road bike, but it's pretty fast. So you can use it for, you can use it for mountain biking trails. You could try, uh, but it doesn't have front suspension generally. So it's not that nice. Your wrists start hurting at some point. Um, 
but yeah it's just a very light bike and it's pretty quick and you can use it on the road just as good as a road bike so if you combine off-road and on-road is ideal because with a mountain bike if you go on the road it's very slow in comparison to a gravel bike so it's let's also talk the height yeah <laughs> Girl yeah, so let's, let's talk about um, bikepacking buds then. And you said about meeting your, your partner in crime to, to start it. Um, how did this all come about or how long ago has this been going? I'm on the, the Instagram page for bikepacking.buds at the moment. Um, it all started with a challenge from We Are Cycling UK, which is the biggest bike charity in, in the UK. And they had this challenge, they have it, it's called 12 nights out in one year. And they just encouraged people to go bikepacking once per month. And then you had to submit a picture and they had prices and so on. And I saw it in December and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this next year. And then I saw Potty, who I met, I had met in the New Forest of Road Club, right? Sharing it on her story saying, hey, I want to do this. So I texted her, I'm like, let's do this. And we were going to do a trip in January and we started telling our friends and somehow uh, we ended up being 40 people in a WhatsApp group wanting to camp in January. Um, and that's how it started. We talked after that, well, during that week, both of us, we were, how is it possible that 40 people want to bike back? Um, and it was not all our friends, it was the roommate of the friend of the person who saw it on Instagram. It was somehow people who wanted to have friends to go on these trips, but didn't have those friends. And that happened in January. And then once we realized that there was demand for this and people just needed a platform or something to find these people to do these adventures with, to go on, on these adventures with. We asked for, we asked Kat and Liv um, to help us out. So the four of us came up with everything, with how are we going to implement this? How are we going to, what's the logo going to look like? What's the name? And that was, yeah, probably February, March, because this trip was the last weekend of January. And then we started all the social media madness in April 2021. 2022 sorry this year <laughs> so it's been right. a bit less than a year so you are still fairly young then from that point of view and and how is it going as regards yeah. uh, membership so explain to people is it open to all ages all sexes uh, any particular limitations at all uh not really so how we work um bikepacking butts is community run in the sense that it's not that we organize trips and people can join them is that members of the community organize those trips. So if, for example, I want to do the King Alfred's Way, which is a bikepacking route, um, and I don't have anyone to do it with, or I want to meet people to just go on adventures with, I just let us know. And I would say, hey, I'm going to do the King Alfred's Way in two weeks. I want to meet, for example, four women, because I want to meet women who also are into cycling. And this is going to be my pace and this is i'm going to sleep here and this is how many kilometers i want to do per day so that's how it works and then we just share and people sign up so the person proposing the trip chooses how many people can join what the pace is how many kilometers per day 
if they want to restrict it to a specific gender or they just basically decide <laughs> who can come and that's it. There are trips that there is no um, number restriction, but everyone's welcome. We've had a couple of those and we've been like 16 people in one trip. And yeah, that's, that's the main thing we do. We also, I mean, the whole point of backpacking books is to get people out there and provide the knowledge and kind of create those spaces so that people can go. And we also have a, we have a podcast to share people's adventures to kind of motivate people to go on a trip. Um, we have a blog, we have uh, an online seminar, oh, event, we call it Virtual Campfire, and it's once per month. And there we also talk to people from the community over very specific topics as in backpacking in winter or introduction to fixing your bike and things like that that it's kind of nice to do before you go on a first trip okay so for people who are nervous or inexperienced about looking after the bike you obviously uh, encourage uh, people to share their knowledge and, and learn this the joining the the bike packing bugs is there is there a fee is it is it free and also if somebody wants to join one of the trips or apply for one of the trips that one of the group are doing do is there any costs involved uh, on the actual trip and is that presumably down to the person that's organizing it uh no everything absolutely everything is for free um we do take donations but everything is for free because that's also a barrier that we don't want people to have to overcome um so we keep everything for free also the seminars everything is for free um obviously if you go you have to pay for the train to get there and the campsite or whatever <laughs> but it's not it's self-supported and we're just connecting people rather than organizing an event so yeah no we we want to keep it <laughs> free it's going to stay free for sure we have, Great. of course, people have to sign uh, uh, TCMCs before coming since it's self-supported and it's just, like I said, us connecting people, so we don't take any responsibility. Um, but besides from that, it's anyone can join. That's great. That's really good. Um, so let's mm -hmm. talk about um, a particular trip that that you had. What have I got on the on the um, uh, the other slides here? I've got the groups, and now is this part of the social scene as well? Oh yeah. Um, these pictures are, for example, of people who met through bikepacking bats. Uh, in particular, the most of them there are were in the first trip in January. And now we just do trips all the time. So it's kind of an example of how uh, this has worked out so well that we're now really, really close and we go on amazing adventures at least once per month. So we kind of want everyone to find their group like we have found ours. That's the main point. And yeah, this trip was in November. Uh, was it the last weekend of November? And it was really cold and it was raining and we were all thinking hey, we're so lucky to have this group of friends that are nuts and want to go outside with this horrible weather. Um, so yeah, this one was, this is a bikepacking butts trip in Wales in, in August and yeah, it was really, really good. 
they're all always really good. The atmosphere is always amazing. Everyone is very supportive. I think we make a, such a big deal on social media that our trips and everything have to be inclusive and non-competitive and people have to be supportive. That everyone who joins is looking for that and is happy to create such an environment. So it's always a kind of magical because everyone there is just there to enjoy nature and support each other and just kind of get away of their day-to-day -day problems. So it's it's really it's really magic magical what we're creating. It's really nice. And that's not very common in the cycling world, at least in my experience. Um, that's why also I used to cycle alone because I didn't really like cyclists. <laughs> I don't know, look at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, so there's obviously the natural question I have to ask, which uh, unfortunately one does have to ask these days about um, safety and security and that sort of thing. And I know um, as part of your adventures, you did your solo trip uh, cycling to uh, UK to Prague, wasn't it? Um, would you like to just tell people how that went and uh, how you managed as a solo cyclist doing it? Not necessarily just from a female point of view, from a solo cyclist, you know, concerned about your equipment, wherever you wild camped or, or camped on way on the way. Hmm. Um, of course, there are risks in terms like the female factor. Uh, it's something that everyone asks whenever you go on a solo trip. And like I said before, I used to always go alone. And someone from our team, Kat, said this when they asked her because she did a very long trip as well. And she said that the bigger risks for women are when you're in a city, when there's people around you. And when you're alone in a forest, there's no one in the forest. So it's so unlikely that something's going to happen that it's more dangerous at 3 a.m. in London in, with people that have been drinking and partying and so on than when you're alone in the middle of the woods. So that's something that I keep reminding myself whenever I go alone on a trip. And in terms of just like cycling alone and while camping, uh i've just i've never had any problems and i haven't heard anyone <laughs> that's had problems um in terms of my kit and everything i always have a good lock for when i stop at supermarkets and then i pack in a way that i only take the frame back because that's where i have all the electronics and so on i mean they could steal my clothes that would be really <laughs> really upsetting but that's also never happened Depends in what country I am. I take one thing or another. Um, and in terms of wild camping, for example, um, like I said, nothing has ever happened. I do have this thing that if I pitch my tent when there's still light, I'm fine. But if I pitch it uh, when it's already dark, I get a bit nervous and I get a bit scared, but it's because if I hear a noise, since I haven't seen what's around me, I have no idea what it can be, even though it's probably a rabbit or just branches. But I get a bit more irrational when I haven't seen where I am. So this is uh, some clips, obviously, from your trip to Prague. So you'd like to talk us through some of your uh, experiences here. Was the cycling good? Was the camping good? Did you wild camp all the way? Um, 
Yeah, this trip was a mental health trip. <laughs> I really needed some time alone. And the amazing thing of bikepacking is if you go hiking, you have time to think more because uh, everything moves so slowly. But when you're bikepacking, you kind of have to check if you're, since you're going faster, you have to see if you're going the right direction there are cars or if you're off-road the rocks <laughs> there's something on your way so you are alone with your thoughts but not in an overwhelming way um then when you pitch your tent then yes um so it's something that i really enjoy because it's my brain really shuts up whereas when i go hiking it doesn't i i still think about work i still think about all the stress i have so that's why this was um something i really needed in in september and and I had a conference in in Prague. I'm a theoretical physicist, and there was like a gravity conference there. And I was I thought it was a fantastic excuse to do this. So I cycled from England to Prague alone, and I was doing an average 160 kilometers a day, so 100 miles. And I was mostly while camping. I camped two nights in campsites in Germany. One, because uh, I had to charge my power banks. <laughs> and the second one, because it was raining so much, so, so much, that I decided to go to a campsite so that I could shower and be warm at once. And, and then when I got there, they had these like cute wooden huts. And after how many hours, 10 hours or so in the rain, it didn't stop the entire day, I decided to stay uh, to rent one of those huts. But yeah, mostly it was while camping, which was also a bit um, so that I could be more alone. Well, certainly you looked like you had a lot of fun there. The You didn't have any problems while camping? Because that's the one thing I think most people from the UK are concerned about, perhaps when they they do a hiking trip or a cycle trip uh, to mainland Europe is the different wild camping rules. Is there a sort of set number of rules in uh, in Belgium and, and whatever route you took uh, to, to get to Prague about wild camping? Not really. <laughs> um, in theory, it's legal in most countries if you use a BV um, because it's technically not camping because you don't have a tent. Um, I don't really understand uh, why it is like that. Um, I won't get started in the topic, but <laughs> but I took a tent also for the safety reasons that we were discussing. Mine is a two-person tent, so if you see it from the outside, you probably don't think that there's a woman alone in there. Um, but yeah, it's illegal. I think it's just um, you have to choose the spot well. Uh, I always, whenever I plan my bikepacking trips, I use Google Maps with the satellite option so that I see where the uh, forests are. And then I use the street view to see if there's a fence because sometimes there's a fence. <laughs> That's happened a couple of times. I had to keep cycling because I couldn't get to the uh, woods. So I usually plan it and I usually have like two in a day so that if I get tired, and I don't feel like cycling 100 miles, I can stop a bit earlier. But as long as you pitch your tent when it's getting dark, and then I always leave fairly early, 
um, it should be okay. No one is going to be at 2 a.m. walking in the woods checking if a bikepacker is camping. It's fine. As long as you leave no trace and leave everything clean and it should be fine. Grand. Grand. Um, the uh, only thing when I watched your story uh, that's still going on in the background on the other screen here is I see that you've obviously got to Prague safe and well and um, you've attended your conference that you were attending, but you, there's no mention of how you got back or you got back with your equipment. Did you cycle back, train back? I flew, I you, flew yeah. You flew. And, and did you fly with the bike as well? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. was that difficult to, to pack up? Because that's another problem usually in airports, isn't it? With uh, with cycles, uh, taking the pedals off and all this sort of thing. It was way easier than I expected. <laughs> I was so scared of that part. Uh, I'm also not a great bike mechanic, so I was really scared. And I was also scared that they were going to break my bike. Um, and everything went really well. I was going to... Um, I would have loved to cycle back or take the train, but that means more days to take off. So that was not an option. But I flew home and then to the UK, so I had to pack and unpack my bike twice and nothing happened. <laughs> so everything good. I guess if you just have to uh, pack it in a way that the bike cannot really move in the box and yeah, you have to take the pedals off and the wheel. and But I don't know. The interesting part is that when you do that, you have to, at least the way I do it, if you go to a bike shop and ask them if they have an extra box that they don't want for a bike, because of course you don't travel with the box. <laughs> so it's interesting when you're in a country where you don't speak the language, uh, which is what happened in Prague, because in Spain it was fine, or it's, <laughs> I did it in Germany as well, and that was okay, but when I was in Prague, I was like, hi. <laughs> I'm a random human that doesn't speak your mother tongue. Can I have a box? <laughs> but most bike shops, somehow, they're used to it. Um, because if you're going to fly, it's... Yeah. And they don't need the right. boxes. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. So let's, uh, let's just get back to basics then. For people that have enjoyed this conversation and want to know more, uh, we have, obviously, your... Um, Instagram and we have the bikepacking.bud so search for that on Instagram. I shall put all the links to everything in the show notes that we've discussed and if you want to know more I'm sure Itzy would be glad or anybody else in the team would be glad to explain more about what they do, uh, social gatherings etc etc. Where's the the best place now to find the what's happening next? Obviously on the website or on your social media on your Instagram? Um, it depends a bit on whether people want to use social media or not. You can subscribe to our mailing list on our website if you want to avoid social media. Uh, you just scroll down in all of them and it says subscribe. And you only get emails about the, the events. You don't get um, there and right at the end. Never miss a trip. <laughs> so we don't send an any spam okay. it's only about uh, the trips you could also just follow us on eventbrite because that's where we put um where we put the events so if you get a notification there you will just find out about it at the same time as everyone if on social media we're more active 
So we just put everything there. We also share people's stories. Or if we find out about a cycling event of an inclusive cycling club, we put it there as well. So it's more, if you're on social media, it's better. We're also on Facebook and we have a group that works more as a community forum. So it's, that one is really nice because people are having their own conversations. We're reading it. <laughs> but people are asking about sleeping bags or tents or, hey, I live in Leeds. Is someone around here that wants to go bikepacking? So that one is also working really well. And on the, on the website, as you can see on the top right uh, corner, you have the link to everything. So... Yeah. Fantastic. And the podcast is on Spotify and then the virtual campfires, that online meeting we have once per month, uh, that's on YouTube. So we upload, we record them and then upload them there for people who cannot attend. Okay. And, and what do you discuss in the virtual campfires? Um, it's usually in the format of a panel discussion. So we usually uh, have a couple of guests. Uh, we try to mix it up a bit so that it's not only, I don't know, ultra-endurance cyclists. Um, and it just changes from month to month. This month, it's, so it's next week. It's always the last Wednesday of the month. Um, it's going to be about the challenge I talked about, the We're Cycling UK Challenge, 12 nights out in a year. And, and we have, I think, four guests. So each of them is going to cover a season and they're going to talk about their experience and then people can ask questions in the chat. Uh, we've discussed cycling in, in winter, bikepacking in winter. Um, yeah, it's a bit so that people can ask questions. Two of the bikepacking bots are there, Sarah and Ellie. So they also answer questions. So it's a bit so that it's dynamic, but at the same time to have people from the community that have a lot of experience sharing their thoughts. So, yeah. So, it's, so for somebody who's interested in knowing more, that's actually probably quite a good introduction to the type of people and some of the things you talk about. And they can obviously Definitely. find out more on your Instagram page as well as on your YouTube. So, Itzy, thank you so much indeed for spending the time this morning to discuss bikepacking buds. Um, I hope that we've shared enough information for people to want to know more and they will get in touch. So thank you very much and enjoy your holiday break. Hey, thank you. Thank you for inviting me and sharing Black Pocket Butts with your audience. <laughs> my thanks to my guest, Itzy, for joining me for that conversation. And of course, everything we've spoken about and the links can all be found over on the show notes on the outdoorstation.co.uk and on the YouTube notes. Now, while you go over to the Outdoor Station, do please join our newsletter uh, mailing list. We don't send many out, but when we have something specific to say, we will certainly drop you a line. If you also have time, we would greatly appreciate some shares and likes on the social media and in particular a review on iTunes. So if you have enjoyed any of the 555 podcasts that are actually in the listing still, then please do drop me a note or drop me a note onto iTunes and that would be gratefully appreciated. So whatever you do this year, do try and keep active, keep outdoors no matter what the weather is and maybe join one of these social groups because it is a lot easier to go out in the wet, miserable weather when you have a friend to join you. 
So folks, until next time, take care out there and bye for now. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To hear or see more from our extensive free library, please visit theoutdoorsstation.co.uk. Thank you.